Welcome back to your Valley Sports Plugs Heat Check Podcast Live. It is December 20th, 2023. This is our very last live stream of the year, folks. So make sure you like and subscribe right here on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram, x.com, TikTok, threads, wherever you want us, we're there. I'm Chris Patrick, and joining me tonight are my beautiful co-hosts, Mr. Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman. What's going on, fellas? Chris Tallman, last one of the year. I'm excited. We got a special one for the people as well tonight. Honestly, we've had these conversations by ourselves, but I don't think we've ever really put it out there. So I think it was time, especially with it being the last live stream of the live stream of the year. But Tallman, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing great, guys. Last one of the year. Wow. What a year it's been. Uh, let's let's get it. You know, honestly, for all the highs and lows, it's not a bad time to be a Valley sports fan. We got two teams that are really able to compete and be talked about getting into the playoffs. I mean, when you think about it, guys, in most sports, like what, only like half the teams or less in a league make the playoffs each year. So glad we at least got the Diamondbacks. We got the Suns and it's the dawn of a new era for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, do some uh, fun things tonight. Kind of maybe a little uh, preview, a look at what's to come in 2024. We want to keep bringing you guys some fun content, things you enjoy watching and listening back to on Spotify or YouTube, wherever you're checking us out. But either way, thank you so much for being here. We're excited to get right into it. Uh, like the title may suggest, I think Mike just alluded to, we're going to do our Arizona Sports Mount Rushmore in a draft style, though. I was afraid we might have too many similar opinions and just end up being four or five guys that we're talking about. So let's have some fun with it and uh, and do this. So what do you say we just go ahead and get right into it? Well, before we go into it, we got to figure out who's going to go first. Now, I don't oh. think we talked about this yet, but... Do we want to do snake draft? Do we want to just go straight kind of how we do our fantasy football draft? I'm leaning towards let's just go down the road, right? If you get the first pick, you get the first pick on every round. That's fine with me, but I don't know what you guys are feeling. Oh, okay. Hmm. I don't want That's to go a... against. I was going to say snake. <laughs> I think I think snake for this. Okay. Because especially there's only four really... rounds. There's only four rounds. So. True. So I think I'm that'll okay be okay with being outnumbered, right? It's all <laughs> about the team. That's a good reason why we have an odd number. So, okay, let's go ahead and see who's going to be picking first here. Obviously, we got BSP Tomlin with the green, Chris Patrick with the red, and I'm in the orange. So let's go ahead and see here. Looks like, ooh, Tomlin, you got the first pick. Are you okay with that? Being the snake, yeah. Oh, yes. Totally so you're, you're so that means you're gonna get the first and the fifth pick. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! All right. Be careful what you wish for. I don't know though. I don't know if I wanted the pressure of the first pick. I was. That's true. I was on yeah. the fence about that. All right. Well, Chris. Let's see. Between you and me, let's see who goes second. Ah, all right. Sick. I will take that. I'm okay being right in the middle. That's fine with me. Okay, so I think for anyone who doesn't know what Mount Rushmore is for whatever reason or has never been there, first of all, first of all, random. Have you guys ever been to Mount Rushmore in South Dakota? No. Who goes to South did Dakota? Did you know Mount Rushmore was in <laughs> South Dakota? Yes, yes, yes I okay. did. Okay. I was that educated on the monument, sure. 
I've been there once. Uh, my grandparents lived in North Dakota. And so we drove up there one time and went through and I, I was really too young to really have any memories of it. My only real memory that I do have of it is going through the gift shop. So that tells you how exciting Mount Rushmore is. Not very. Uh, I think the pictures probably do it justice. But I almost want to, again, not to get too derailed, but I almost want to get go see the new one that the Native Americans were building near it. I think it was, ah, it was like one of their chiefs or something, but it was like this big, I think they're probably still working on it. But anyway, let's focus. Let's focus here. So Mount Rushmore, it's four heads. It's the four presidents, the real Mount Rushmore. So our Mount Rushmore is going to be four Arizona sports, great athletes of all time. And we chose professional athletes, not guys who, you know, played here. I think Reggie Jackson played for ASU. Barry Bonds played for ASU, but those guys don't count. Those guys don't count. There's got, an exception though. Go back there, to the there, list. Yeah. Two names. Phil there. Mickelson's the exception. And uh, is, is Phil Mickelson? Uh, but Phil Mickelson is a no. professional, but he just represents Arizona, right? He did go to ASU, but... I mean, we could have put in John Rom Tallman, right? Like, yeah, really technically, he's yeah. kind of from ASU as well. But yeah, I did T Suggs just because oh, Sugg. wanted okay. to throw wanted wanted to throw a little caveat out there. Had a freaking stellar career at ASU. Obviously, I think he set the NCAA single season record with twenty four sacks in two thousand two, and. Shout out, Nico. He helped put Hamilton on the map and create that national power over there. There you go. So I think that was our only one. But either than that, I mean, yeah, everybody can see this. But, Chris, I'll pass it over to you so you can kind of maybe list them off before we go into Tallman's first pick. And then uh, we'll have a nice discussion from there. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Mike, for putting this beautiful graphic together. I kind of see what you did here. It looks like we have basketball, baseball, football, and then a little mixed bag on the end there. So starting going left to right here, we have from the pool of options, uh, Charles Barkley, of course, Steve Nash, Devin Booker, Connie Hawkins, and Sean Marion. Interesting Sean Marion over Amari, but we'll, we'll, we might get into that. So baseball, though, of course, America's first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt, Randy Johnson, the unit, Corbin Carroll, Corbin Barrels. I think we're still working that one out. We don't know yet. Uh, Kurt Schilling, and of course, Gonzo, Luis Gonzalez, baby. Uh, he actually played in Arizona a lot longer than I remember him being here. So, I mean, he I think he might be uh, he might be on someone's Mount Rushmore. We'll have to see. In the football column, though, we have, of course, Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald, Kyler Murray, Pat Tillman, and Aeneas Williams. Solid five there for the football team. And then in our miscellaneous column, of course, Coyotes great Shane Doan. Mercury legend Diana Taurasi, Kevin Durant, the newest addition to the Valley, Phil Mickelson, and as Mike mentioned, Terrell Suggs. Man, good, good pool to pick from. We got 12 of those names that are going to be coming off the board and up on our Mount Rushmore's. So, Tallman, you're uh, you're up on the clock first. You got a plethora of options here. Who are you going with? All right. Well, first, Mike, I just got to say, Hell of a Photoshop job. Look at that. You like that, don't you, right? <laughs> yeah, Seamless. Oh, man. Yeah, that is that is very professional. Good job. Um, ballsy putting Carol up there, but I guess it's a recency bias. But all right. Well, it's, like, pick, it's like the four best players in the Valley right now. Right now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, no, what, I, I got it. Yeah. That's what I went when I put the pictures up. You put them on the list. I wanted to see if anybody was going to take any of the new ones, but, you know. 
I well, we'll get to my pick, but okay, all right. You so, know what I'm saying? So you go from now to who you think. Man. Yeah, let's do it. So, so first pick, obviously, it's not going to be any of those chumps up there. Uh, I'm going to go Randy Johnson with the first pick. The unit. Um, I mean, come on, guys. What's the only championship this city has? It's the 01 Diamondbacks. So we're not winning that without Randy Johnson. The guy won four Cy, Cy Young Awards, was absolutely dominant. One of the best pitchers of all time. So he's a clear lock in my book for number one pick. Randy Randy Johnson. Yeah, man, that's, that's pretty good. There's a lot of solid memories of Randy Johnson's time in Arizona. Of course, the World Series being probably the biggest, but you also had him exploding the bird. And I don't know, man. I, I like it. I like it. So you're going based off his accolades and like what he brought the value. You're, you're putting a lot of stock in championship is what I'm seeing. Well, yeah. And then, I mean, ask any person that was born and raised in Phoenix that's not a sports fan. Everybody knows who Randy Johnson is. I mean, he he's one of the most popular sports figures in this city, hands down. Yeah, no, I'd say I'd agree. Mike, what do you think of the pick? I think you can't go wrong with the big unit, man. You talk about a guy who was a 10-time All-Star, five-time Cy Young Award winner, four straight with the Diamondbacks, man. Obviously, you talked about that 2001 World Series co-MVP, but he just holds so many Diamondbacks records, right? He's first in wins with 118. First in shutouts with 14, complete games at 38, and he's first by a wide margin, almost a thousand more than Brandon Webb in strikeouts with 2,077. I mean, the only thing that he was second in, it seemed like, was ERA. And here's a quick trivia one. So his career ERA with the Diamondbacks was 2.83. Who do you guys think is number one on that list? Uh, Brandon Webb. That's incorrect. Uh, for for which stat? I'm sorry. For uh, yeah, ERA. Yeah. For I will ERA. give you I will give you a hint. His first name does start with a B. So Tallman, you're on the right track there, I guess. You could is say. it a starting pitcher? It's Brandon Fott. Sorry. No. No, is is it a starting pitcher? Uh, um, you guys might have to remind me. Was I it Bun, Bun Young so? Kim? No, no. Okay. I believe he was a starter. It's funny. His first name does start with B-R-A as well. So you, you said Brandon Webb. You said Brandon Fott. This one Arch, might be Archie back. Bradley. <laughs> no, his first name starts with B-R-A. Oh, his Archie. first name starts with B-R-A. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, enough of the guessing. It's Brad Ziegler, if you guys can remember that Brad, one. Brad Ziegler. That yeah. name sounds very familiar. I probably buried it. Yeah, he's, in my mind. he's the sidearm guy. He was a setup dude, closer. I think he did get a couple of starts, if I'm did not he? mistaken. But yeah, I think oh. he was more so kind of setup. All right, keep going. But yeah, Tallman, <laughs> good choice. I think for a lot of people, he Randy would end up being kind of the first Diamondback that would go off the board when it comes down to it. And I like how you were throwing me off the trail to start when I asked you who, if you got the first pick, would be you would pick this guy and it's another guy that when you talk about synonymous with the valley and somebody who you hold in high regard when it comes to arizona sports it has to be larry fitzgerald that's my pick i'm going with larry legend 
Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2016. He was a first-team All-Pro in 2008, second-team twice, 11-time Pro Bowler. He led the league in receptions twice and TDs as well. He was part of that 2010 All-Team Decade. Already has his number one retired by the Pitt Panthers, but for the Cardinals, man, it's far and above Larry Fitzgerald, who's just the leader in anything when it comes to receiving, it seems like. First in total touchdowns, yards. He almost has 10,000 more than the second guy that's on the list. And receptions, almost has 1,000 more than that. And it's funny, he's second on the Cardinals' all-time scoring list, only behind kicker Jim Backen, who was the kicker, I think, back in 1968. So this was a very (laughs) easy decision for me. I'm going with Larry Legend for my pick. I just got to say, that's like Zane Gonzalez being the all-time point scorer in Pac-12 history. But no, I agree. Larry was going to be my pick if for whatever reason, neither of you guys chose him. Like, He's only, I think, 117 receptions behind Jerry Rice for most receptions all time of all the NFL. We're not not just talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Like Larry Fitzgerald is not just a Valley great. He's a NFL great. He's an all time great uh, in any in anybody's category in camp. It really it really fucking sucks that we couldn't get him a championship and a Super Bowl ring while he was here. He tried his damnedest. And his loyalty, man, that's another thing to be admired. Something you don't see a lot of, really, especially in football, where where players have a lot more freedom of movement. They're not as criticized for not being loyal to a team or whatnot. So Fitz, man, solid choice. Uh, Tallman, are you regretting not taking Larry over uh, Randy? No, I'm not. Mike, I had to change a heart last minute. So I did flip because I thought, you know, the old one World Series championships so important and i knew if i took fitz you're going to take johnson or whoever was second was taking johnson and i was okay with with that but larry i mean he's a guy that even if you're not a fan of the cardinals and you're just a fan of the nfl he's a guy that's really hard to hate i mean such a stand-up dude i mean you listen to him talk i mean he's he's one of the best nfl players i would say or nfl wide receivers to ever play the game um and, and we were definitely very grateful uh, to have him waste his career in Arizona, right? Yeah, that's not a bad way to put it, man. And uh, I think I'll take this opportunity to make my selection. I do have back-to-back picks. Uh, so this, uh, I think, maybe don't read too much into the order in which I make these selections, but we'll take it one at a time. Mike, I got to ask you, maybe ask you as well, Tallman. After this, are we going to put a poll up on X or something and have the people vote on who's got the best Mount Rushmore? You already know it. Yeah, we're going to see. Now, you might be surprised. Some of my picks might be in regard to me. So I'm already kind of seeing it. I'm probably not going to get picked, but that's fine. I'm talking about my personal Mount Rushmore at the end of the day. But I want to see what the people think about it, man, for sure. What he's saying is don't take Connie Hawkins, Tallman. Let Mike take Connie <laughs> Stop Hawkins. Stop it. Stop that. <laughs> no, I, I won't be taking uh, Mr. Hawkins. Don't worry. All right. All right. So without further ado, my selection for the first pick, the first head on my Mount Rushmore, kind of like when we're talking about a guy wasting away in Arizona, it's got to be the captain, Shane Doan. Shane Doner. I know, a Coyotes pick. We don't talk about hockey here on Valley Sports Plug. And it's not because we hate the Coyotes. It's because we just don't really know that much about hockey, if I'm being completely honest. I've been to, I've been to games. I like watching hockey, but... 
Man, it's hard to it's hard to have your attention pulled four ways when it comes to watching sports in the Valley. And uh, maybe in the future, maybe if we get to do this full time for a living, that would be fucking sweet. But yeah, Shane Doe, man, he was in Arizona from 1995 to 2017, came here with the franchise, has 955 career points and a two time NHL all star. Little surprised that he was only an all star twice. But man, there's something to be said for longevity, being the captain, being the GOAT. Uh, much, much love to Shane Doe, and that's who I'm going with. Uh, Chris, at the end of the day, that's a great pick. I mean, when you talk about true Valley icons, like you said, over 20 years with the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes, you can't go wrong with that pick. Uh, I guess I'll throw another, another trivia question out to you guys. Do you remember when we changed from Phoenix to Arizona Coyotes? Do you remember that? Can I can I ask you if it was while we were still playing in Phoenix or was it when we moved to Glendale? Uh, I don't know if I have that answer. I think we had already moved. I'm pretty sure because how many years has it been since we've been in Glendale now? This is the second <sighs> season at Mollet Arena? Yeah, I'd probably be surprised to know when we made the move out there. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to guess 2003. Ooh, that was too, way too early. Oh, shit. Okay. Way, way, way too early because that's that's the year they moved to Glendale, though. Is it okay? No way, really? Yeah, yeah. Arizona Coyotes hockey team moved to Glendale in 2003. Oh, so Tolman's over there cheating. I'm not even gonna ask him. Oh, no, no, I I don't know the answer, (laughs) so I was gonna be honest. Okay, so it was 2014. 2014. Really? 2014? Really? Wow, that. But Shane Doan, I mean, you talk about multiple-time world champion as well with Team Canada, two-time gold, three-time silver, seventh overall pick by the Winnipeg Jets, who is the team that we came from to Phoenix and then eventually did get another team back. Winnipeg's still in the league, but great pick, Chris. Not going to fight that one at all. Thank you very much. And I just remembered I do have the back-to-back, even though I set that up and everything. So putting some thought into this. I did think about this. This this is where things might start to get a little controversial, I think, because you got a lot of great names. You have a lot of time, a big time period, a big sample size for these Valley greats. I mean, looking at some of these names, man, I think there are some that are deserving of this pick. I'm not saying I'm catering to how I think the votes might go, but like Mike said, this is my personal Mount Rushmore. My second head, Devin Booker. I mean... Come on, guys. If he's not already the greatest son of all time, he's going to be. I mean, the kid is, what, 25, 27? He's a young dude, and he's only going up from here. Already the third leading scorer in Suns history. Multiple all-star appearances, a finals appearance. Man, this guy is just incredible. The amount of points he puts up, he's getting respect and put in the conversation of best shooting guard in the league. Easily a top five, top ten guard in the league in general. Devin Booker has nowhere to go but up from here. So I'm basing it off his past, his present, and his future. Got to be Devin Booker. Tallman, are you mad that Chris took Devin Booker off the board? I feel like you would have had him in your sights, right? No, actually, I I wasn't going to pick him with my second pick. Um, I would have picked Steve Nash before I picked Booker. Oh, man, I know that might be controversial but uh nash with the two mvps oh, we Booker. can get we can get into that because I, I i, I did could i weighed that a little bit i weighed that a little bit because you're right that is that is the obvious thing right because steve nash two-time mvp 
multiple playoff appearances, multiple all-star appearances. It was a whole ton of fun to watch. But I just feel like he never – one, he never got us to a finals. He was a prolific passer but not the most the greatest scorer, which he could score. I wish he would have been more assertive with the ball. Um, but I think, again, personally what really has soured my taste with Devin – or with uh, Steve Nash is his lack of interest in the Valley since he left. He he left and never looked back. He couldn't give a fuck about the Suns. So that maybe that's not fair when we're talking about this Mount Rushmore. But that's just how I feel, man. Uh, I, I mean, I don't hate that. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing with Kevin Johnson, right? He had his best years as a pro here in Phoenix, and as soon as he could have left, he never looked back and ran to Sacramento. And it was just like, and now it, it is nice to see him kind of at the enshrinings and stuff. One of the reasons that Sean Marion is on this list instead of Amari Stoudemire, Chris, is because he was just enshrined last Friday into the Ring of Honor. But yeah, I mean, Devin Booker continuing to grow his name. I mean, you think about a kid who at, didn't even start at Kentucky, right? Played 38 games, averaged 10 points, was your 13th pick in the draft, and then was kind of thrust into the limelight for a struggling Phoenix Suns team which gave him the opportunity to make the all-rookie first team. And he was an all-NBA first teamer in 2022. And it just continues to go up. You said he was third on the all-time scoring list right now. Walter Davis is first at 15,666, which book is just under 2,500 away. So he honestly could break it this year. Or if anything, it would probably be within the first like three or four games of next season, if anything. But Already first in three-pointers made for the Suns. Nice pick, Chris. Not going not gonna to hate on that one either. Well, and just to maybe bring legitimacy to this conversation and some uh, other things to think about, Devin Booker was, the what, the 13th pick in the 2015 draft? If you were to redraft that class, he might be the number one guy off the board. It's probably either him or Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, is do you think that's fair to say? Uh, that's very fair to say and the homer in me says it's Devin Booker all the way because Devin Booker has had more of a playoff success than Carl Anthony Towns has had so very true very I think true. there's still a lot of basketball left in both of those guys but I am happy that we got deep book here in the valley yes sir without a doubt so no now Mike that means it's your turn for your second pick <sighs> okay uh, I mean there's still a lot of great names on the board here this one, this one is close to my heart, right? When Tallman talks about the 01 championship, the one major professional sports championship that the Valley has, I had to go with the guy who had probably the biggest moment that sticks in your mind every time you think about that 2001 World Series championship against the Yankees. I'm going with Luis Gonzalez. And it's funny that you said, Chris, you were a bit surprised for how long that Gonzo was here. Yeah, he was here for eight seasons, man. He was a five-time NL All-Star. We remember that great run in 2001 where he won the Home Run Derby and the Silver Slugger as well. He had his number retired in 2010, which just absolutely had to be done. But he holds a great deal of first overall for the Arizona Diamondbacks franchise. He's first in hits with 1,337, first in doubles with 310, RBIs with 774, and average 
at 0.298. Had to go with Gonzo. I just get goosebumps every time I think about that little blooper going over Derek Jeter's head. This was an easy decision for me going with Gonzo. Yeah, man. Gonzo, that's a solid choice, Mike. And I, I think that had to be the next diamond back off the board. I mean, love Corbin Carroll, but he's one, one season in, one full season in. We'll have to see what he can do. But this is about Luis Gonzalez, man. Gonzo, I love that dude. Love that dude. That When you think of the 2001 Arizona Diamondbacks in that World Series, it's either him or Randy Johnson that are coming to your mind first. And probably more so Gonzo, whether it's fair or not, just because of that hit. The, the walk-off in Game 7, like, that is absolutely iconic. That cemented, despite any stat he had, that cemented him in Diamondbacks history and baseball history forever. Man, Gonzo is a solid pick. Tallman, if he was still up there on your next turn here, would you have considered him? Oh, definitely. Uh, but I already have one D-backs player. But, but no, um, uh, Gonzo is just an absolute legend. I mean, growing up, it was like, Gonzo was my favorite baseball player. You know, every kid in the Valley wanted to have the same batting stance as Luis Gonzalez. You know, when you're a kid, you used to, you know, I'm doing the Gary Sheffield. I'm going to swing the bat around, right? They didn't want um, the Craig Council bat. Yeah, stance. or that one too. <laughs> that was, that's another great one. But, uh, but no, he's absolute legend. I mean, and he's a hometown guy too, as in he's the perfect example of um, a player that embraces the franchise and he, he's stuck around. I mean, that guy, he's on all the, the television broadcasts. He's doing the commentary for the team. Um, and it's it's great. I That's an outstanding pick. Hard hard to disagree. And so, Mike, I, I was just thinking, um, Tallman and I wanted to do the stake draft. You want to do the standard draft. You're drafting second, so it's really the same for you. So yeah. everyone got what they wanted. It all worked out in the end. I love it, baby. Let's keep rolling. Perfect. Well, that means Tallman has back-to-back picks here. So uh, who are you taking with your second pick, Tallman? All right. Second pick. Uh, I'm going to take Pat Tillman. Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, I know we're, we're going with professional athletes here, and maybe this individual did not have the most outstanding uh, professional career with the Arizona Cardinals. But, I mean, think about just, just what – what he means to this community, to the city. Um, I mean, the guy is a proven incredible football player winning uh, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year in 97. Um, he, I mean, he's in the Arizona Cardinals ring of honor. I mean, the sacrifice that he gave for his country to let millions and millions of dollars go away just so he could go fight for his country after the terrible September 11 attacks on New York City. I mean, just a stand-up dude. There's a reason why this guy has statues all over the city, and we still talk talk about him to this day. So Pat Tillman's going to be uh, my second pick. It was, it was only a matter of time, right, Mike, before, before he came off the board. Like, it was a given. He's enshrined in Arizona sports history, lore. We got the Pat Tillman run. Like, everybody loves Pat Tillman. And, and for everything, I every reason Tillman said, I totally agree. And that's the beautiful thing about sports at the end of the day, right? It doesn't just have to be about the accolades that you get on the field or your numbers. It just can be about the presence and what you've done as a person, man. That's the beautiful things about sports. It it just transcends the field. I mean, but we, when we talk about Pat Tallman, he, uh, Pat Tallman, <laughs> Pat Tillman, he still 
had a pretty nice career with the Arizona Cardinals, especially that last two seasons. I mean, overall for his career in the NFL, he had 245 tackles, three picks, 2.5 sacks, and three forced fumbles. But you also have to remember what he did at ASU, right? I mean, he was part of that undefeated season that led the Sun Devils to the Rose Bowl. He was the Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year in 1997. I mean, the guy was a player. He was a force, and he was only getting better. But he saw what was more important to him. So 100% had to make sure that Pat Tillman was on this list somewhere. We're not talking just about where he was picked. Tallman, I love it, man. Great work. Yeah, I mean, can't can't be what that guy, <laughs> what that guy's done for this <laughs> for the city. Yep, Pat Tallman. There we go. So Tallman chose Tillman, and we're gonna keep rolling, man. I think I think that's it. it's it's interesting as we go through this because it's not it's not just stats, it's not just accolades anymore. It's also the presence you had in the valley, how deep your impact was felt on and off the court, field, ice, whatever venue you were performing in. But Tallman, that means you're up first for the third round. Uh, you got the back-to-backs here. So who is next on your Mount Rushmore? All right. Um, man, I'm kind of split on this one. All right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Charles Barkley with, uh, with my third pick. Uh, I mean, since – I mean, when, when the Suns traded for Barkley – what's the only comparable thing the Suns have ever done traded for Kevin Durant and think about the spark that that put into the Valley. And I mean, I was just, I was just being born um, around the days of uh, Barkley when he played for the Suns. And um, I've only heard that the spark in the Valley was very real when Barkley came to the Suns. And before just recently, Barkley was the one that got them closest, got them to the finals. Um, and I believe ultimately they lost to, um, maybe the best basketball player to ever step on the planet. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead with Charles Barkley, and I'm sure you guys have some great stuff to add. A great stuff to maybe ask you a good question here, because when I chose Devin Booker, <laughs> you asked me why I didn't pick Steve Nash, but you didn't ask me why I didn't choose Charles Barkley. Was that just a diversion, or is that genuinely how you feel? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about – man, you, you know, good point, because – I was kind of torn. Right. And then I, I just couldn't give up Chuck. So, um, and, and Chuck's a very prominent figure. Um, so obviously he's all over TNT. You can't, you can't avoid the guy, him and fucking Shaq. Um, so he, he's a very popular, po- very popular dude. And he did have a big impact. Um, Steve, I, I don't know. I told you I was torn. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So I, I'm putting I, up smoke screens, baby. I, I said I had questions. So I got another question. And Mike, I want I want you to chime in on this pick too. But Tallman, so far I noticed you have a baseball player, a football player, now a basketball player on your Mount Rushmore. Is this is this like a, an attempt at catering to the to the fan base for votes, or is this are these genuinely your three? best that were left on the board you can yeah. you can enter us yeah yo, no i would say well it was i mean they're all great there's a reason why they're on the list right uh but in my opinion yeah that's that's what i'm going with um it was very sad to leave leave one guy on there but i'm, I'm sure he won't he won't follow me in the fourth but we'll see i don't know man kyler murray might still be there for you but tallman what yeah or, i'm not tallman mike mike what do you think of the of the chuck pick charles barkley 
you know, the one big thing with Charles Barkley is over the past couple of years, he has definitely come back into a little bit more of a higher regard, I would say, with the Valley fan base. Because if people kind of remember when he did leave to go to the Rockets and for a number of years, it was kind of a tumultuous relationship that um, they had. Honestly, the front office, just the organization in general with Charles Barkley, but you can't disregard what the guy did in four seasons with the Suns. I mean, honestly, it might have been the best trade the Phoenix Suns have ever done when you think about the rejuvenation it gave to this Phoenix Suns franchise going into a brand new stadium right at that point when it was America West Arena. And they got rid of somebody who ended up kind of being a legend who ended up coming back to be a head coach for the Phoenix Suns and Jeff Hornacek. But you talk about his MVP season in 92-93, 30.5 points, 12.2 rebounds, 5.1 assists, and 1.6 steals. I mean, the guy did it all at a smaller stature. 11-time NBA All-Star, 11-time NBA All-NBA team. He's part of that 75th anniversary team as well. And as Ian said, there's only one guy that was in Space Jam. So you can't go wrong with that pick, Tallman. We'll live with it at the end of the day. Yeah, I guess, yeah, when we lay it all out on there, it, it, may, it makes sense, right? He was an all-star every year he was here, averaged a double-double during his tenure with Phoenix. I mean, fuck, what if DeAndre Ayton could have averaged a double-double during his time with Phoenix? Maybe he'd still be here, but that's another conversation for another day. So Tallman's got three heads on his Mount Rushmore. Mike, you and I only have two, and with the order that this draft is going in, that means you're up next. Okay. Now, this is where it gets tough because I had a couple of homer picks on here, but am I catering to the votes? I don't know. Probably not. This one, I think at this point in the draft, is a very, very easy one for me. And guys, I have to go with the GOAT of women's professional basketball. It's Diana Taurasi. Ah, that's I mean, such a good pick. You're talking about a three-time WNBA champion a two-times final MVP. I mean, let me just go down this. Like, it might not stop for a while. So we're talking about a 10-time All-Star, 10-time All-WNBA first team. She was the Rookie of the Year. She was a five-time scoring champ. She's been on every anniversary team for the WNBA. You talk about her records outside of the USA as well. She was a three-time Russian Cup winner. Or talk about college over at UConn, three-time NCAA champion two-time NCAA player of the tournament. She was four-time USA Basketball Female Athlete of the Year. And this past August, she is the first player in WNBA history to score 10K points in a career. There's a reason they call her the GOAT. And it might not just be of women's basketball. It could be of basketball. Diana Taurasi has done it all, done it on every level. She's been here in the Valley for so long has helped to keep the WNBA afloat as well. Man, I am very, very happy that I was able to pick DT with my third pick. Sorry, well, Chris. Yeah, it's fine. I She was on my short list here. Props to you for, for taking her, man. That is the only Phoenix Mercury player to be in a Space Jam movie as well. The 2021 Space Jam New Legacy with LeBron James. Uh, she played the voice of White Mamba. I saw that movie once. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't the original Space Jam. So not one I'm going to have in my uh, rewatching rotation. But man, more to the point, Diana Taurasi, like, again, 
she's like kind of a little bit in, in her sport, the opposite of Larry Fitzgerald and Shane Doan a little bit where she did have that longevity, but with a lot of success, she brought the Valley some championships. And I know people love to discredit the WNBA and, and talk down on it, but it's a good league for women's basketball. They women's basketball in general is very fundamental. And I'll say maybe not, it's not as exciting as the NBA to watch. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but if you're a true basketball fan, you can appreciate women's basketball and everything that she's accomplished, man, truly incredible. Uh, just out of sheer curiosity, Tallman, was she uh, in your sights at all? Well, why, why are you calling me out? Um, no, I, I, I know how great the women's the sport of women's basketball is and how great she is compared just, you know, from a outside view looking in, I mean, she's probably one of the best ever is the best ever is the goat of the WNBA. So she wasn't necessarily on my list um, for personal reasons, as I, I might be more, uh, I, I might favor other sports better, such as football in baseball <laughs> so the charles barkley pick for me was kind of a stretch so come on let's be honest but i thought you were a championship guy yeah yeah where's all the arizona rattler players i knew you were gonna say that all right all <laughs> i right. don't so, mean to compare so, it to so that. tallman holds arena, arena football, football in the same regard okay, as the WNBA. Right. No, we know that's where not true hey, no that's all right that's hey that's fine i think that's it's fine Hey, Tallman, in your defense, there are also no Phoenix Rising players on, yeah. on that list. Okay, either, so. all right, see? All right. You know, Too short of fair. a sample size, unfortunately. That's true, yeah. I uh, And admittedly, I also probably couldn't name a Phoenix Rising player. But they just won a championship, didn't they? I saw that. So we might have to start uh, checking in on Phoenix Rising starting in 2024. I hope they co go to the MLS one day. That'd be cool. Anyway, off topic, off topic. I guess it's my turn, right, guys? I got to make my third pick. You guys... You guys are making it hard for me. You got some solid, solid names off the board. I, I got to say Diana Taurasi might have been one of my next two here because I got the back-to-back -back in the snake order. So I'll make my final two picks right now. Wow, just get it right out of the way, and then you guys can uh, fight it out for the scraps. Um, maybe, again, not in particular order, but oh, this one's a little tough, man. This one is a little tough, but I think, I think that I'm going to have to go with America's first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, it was so hard to get rid of him. He was here from 2011 to 2018, of course. Now he's playing with the St. Louis Cardinals. But while he was in Arizona, he was a six-time MLB All-Star, six-time Silver Slugger, and the career leader in on-base percentage for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was just the cornerstone of this franchise post like Gonzo Johnson era. He was the guy that was Mr. Consistency, the guy we could always count on to, to field and hit. God, so much love for Paul Goldschmidt. You even still, you know, Diamondbacks fans still got love for Paul Goldschmidt. They give him a standing O every time he's at the plate here in Arizona. And every year there's rumblings of, oh, could the Diamondbacks trade to get Paul Goldschmidt back here? And we got Christian Walker. And I'd, you know, at this point in each of their careers, I think personally, I'd rather have Christian Walker on first base, but got to give Paul Goldschmidt his flowers. So that's my third, third choice. You know, Chris, I think the biggest thing that I think about is what you were basically saying. It's like every time that the trade deadline comes around, we're always still talking about Paul Goldschmidt because we hold him 
in that high of regard. Man, what a stud he was for the Diamondbacks. The way that I was talking about Luis Gonzalez being the first in a lot of hitting categories, Paul Goldschmidt is the guy who's in second. I mean, we talk about he's second in average at .297, second in home runs with 209, second in RBIs at 710, and second in hits with 1,182. Also, same amount of years as Gonzo, eight years from 2011 to 2018. It sucks to see him being so good in St. Louis, especially the past couple seasons, even though the Cardinals have struggled a little bit. But, yeah, can't go wrong with Goldie, man. Tom, what do you, what do you think of the Goldie pick? This is the third now baseball uh, Arizona Diamondbacks player taken off the board. Would he have been your third baseball player off the board? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I I wouldn't want to take uh, Dungeon and Dragons, Kurt Schilling. Um, not going to limit what he did, but uh, definitely Goldschmidt, solid pick. I mean, come on. The guy was the face of the franchise for so long. Uh, he was a fan favorite. Good dude, gave back to the community. Um, and then just to see him go was sad. I mean, and then you think about the contract, the D-backs, got him for i think it was like five years 32 million or something that dude outplayed that contract in a second and uh seeing him go to the cardinals and seeing what the d-backs got in return for him uh is we didn't get much um if you go back and look at it now is the roster structured but it was sad to see him go i mean he was definitely my favorite d-backs player absolutely good pick how could he not be i mean that's i think like i said post gonzo you know, Johnson era, if you weren't having a throwback jersey you had, and you were getting a jersey, it was probably a Paul Goldschmidt jersey or a Brandon Webb jersey, but honorable mention there. But I got I got two points. One real quick, just because Tom brought up the trade to the Cardinals and thinking about the Cardinals. When you Google search Cardinals, St. Louis is always the first team that shows up. I think that's disrespectful. Second thing, I'm going to use Ian here to call myself out. He says that Corbin will blow those numbers out in reference to Paul Goldschmidt and possibly Gonzo, I think. I don't want to speak for, for Ian there. But I did say for Devin Booker that I'm looking at what he's done in the past, the present, and the future. Of course, Corbin Carroll still has such a bright future ahead of him, and he very well will break a lot of Diamondbacks records should he keep his production up. But again, it's one season, man. He's only been here for one year. Devin Booker's not the one not Devin Booker's not a one for one here because he's been around for a minute now. So Corbin Carroll, maybe when we do this redraft this Mount Rushmore in five years, Corbin might be up there. But for now, I had to go with Paul Goldschmidt. And fellas, like I mentioned, I do have the back to back. So I have to make my final pick here. And I asked Tallman about catering earlier and picking one from each sport. And looking at this list, I it's tough. It's tough. But I think I know who I'm going to take with my final pick. It's going to be a football player. Tom, I'm going to leave Kyler Murray up there for you. And I'm going to go with the other Arizona Cardinals quarterback, Mr. Kurt Warner. God, it seems like he was here for longer than he really was. Just 2005 to 2009. He was the two, we were the 2008 NFC champion with Kurt Warner and the Super Bowl 43 appearance or was that 48 appearance? Uh, I'm bad at Roman numerals, but we lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, unfortunately, in a heartbreaking defeat. And Kurt Warner, though, man, his lasting impact on this franchise, I think that was like the first time that Cardinals fans really had hope 
that we could be a top tier team in this league and that we really had something. And that was an incredible team, an incredible roster. And Kurt Warner at the helm just made it that much sweeter. So I know he had a good career with St. Louis, a really storybook career overall. But what he did in what Kurt Warner did in the Valley, I think, had a big impact here. But I don't know. That's just me. I don't know about you guys. No, that's dude. That's who I was gonna pick. I was praying he fell to me at the last pick, but I knew he wouldn't. Wah, wah, wah. But I mean, I can't believe you because you pick you. You're not allowed to pick him because you weren't even rooting for him to win that Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, sh- that, that true, was man. stolen from the city. <laughs> kind of true. Stolen from this city. Hey, who, whoever whoever won that game, I won. There so. you go. I, I, <laughs> no, that was I was who I was. I, that's who I almost picked a lot earlier, but I had a feeling he was going to fall a little bit. Um, but that's a great pick. It's tough, right? Because again, a, a smaller sample size. His it wasn't like he played the all of his career, or even the majority of his career here. But the impact is still felt to this day. Yeah, uh, well, Chris, I have a question for you. If you were talking about Pittsburgh's Mount Rushmore, would it be James Harrison on it or would it be San Antonio Holmes's toe? Which one would it be? San Antonio Holmes' toe. Um, I mean, if you're just looking at a single game and impact, that's crazy because they both scored key touchdowns in that game. I think James Harrison, just because, man, that 100-yard run, man, that big man was not supposed to run 100 yards. They got him oxygen after that. Larry Fitzgerald almost tackled him down. I'm pretty sure they had to review it for like five minutes to see – and maybe it's still a little questionable. A lot of things in that game were a little questionable, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with James Harrison. And and just I guess real quick, if I'm if I was to do a Pittsburgh sports Mount Rushmore, no, no, probably we're be not, no, we're not doing Sidney Crosby. No, we're going back to Roberto Clemente, Ben Ross. So no, when it, when it, uh, last couple of items on Kurt Warner, yeah, only five seasons, sixty two games, but he's on those Cardinals lists, man. And you're talking about a franchise that has been around for a hundred plus years. He's fifth on the Cardinals' all-time list in yards and touchdowns, sixth in completions. You talk about his overall body of work, obviously, as a Super Bowl champ with the Rams, a two-time MVP. But he's – and guys, correct me if I'm wrong. He is absolutely a top three Arizona Cardinals quarterback. If not – is he the best Arizona Cardinals quarterback that there ever has been? Yes. I think I think he is think he at the be. end of the day, right? Yeah, I mean, the only one that got us that far to the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. And for for a of, nine and seven team, I mean, that was unprecedented. Think of overall body of work too, right? Yeah, I love what Jake Plummer was able to do, getting us our first playoff win against the Dallas Cowboys as a franchise here in Arizona. I loved what Carson Palmer did, you know, back in 2015 in the Bruce Arian days. I mean, he shut the bed against the Carolina Panthers, so that drops him down a little bit lower. But I think, yeah, Kurt Warner right now is the best Cardinals cornerback that has ever played in Arizona. So that's a great pick, Chris. Can't go wrong with that. Thank you. You guys make me feel very justified in that decision. I think, honestly, like, again, we're talking about great quarterbacks for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray really is on the threshold of being able to take that step to have a career that gets him there. But we're just going to have to see. I think the next couple of years for that guy are going to be very, 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 very crucial in, in having that conversation. But, guys, my Mount Rushmore is complete. I got Shane Doan, Devin Booker, Paul Goldschmidt, and Kurt Warner. I think that's pretty solid. But you each still have one pick left to make. So, Mike, 
you're up next. Who is going to round out your uh, four-man Mount Rushmore? Okay, so this one is beyond tough, right? You know I'm going with the Suns player here. I am absolutely torn, right? Because when I think about the two guys that I'm thinking about right now, I had actual experiences with both of them, right? I was a ball boy when Steve Nash first came back to the Phoenix Suns in 2004. Yep. And I had plenty of experiences, not only when I worked as a ball boy, but just as a fan and being outside with Connie Hawkins. At the end of the day, Connie Hawkins is probably my favorite Suns player of all time. But Steve Nash made so much more impact during my youth. I didn't get to see Connie Hawkins play. So I don't know where to go here, guys. I'm I'm absolutely torn. I, I don't know what to do here. You want to help me out? That is that's tough, man. That's tough. I think I think what would be more tough though is if none of us had Steve Nash on our Mount Rushmore. And I feel like Tallman's probably not gonna take Steve Nash with this. No, if you don't take him, I will take him just to make Steve happy. We'll, but Mike, we'll it is Mike, it is to your me. Mount Rushmore. To it is me, exactly. Yes. Yes. That's why that's yes. why I'm killed. But you know, uh, I at the end of the day, the way that this fell, I'm surprised Steve Nash is here. So I'm go. I have to go with Steve Nash at the end of the day. Ten seasons with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, he was drafted by us, played his first two years. Uh, he was drafted 15th in the 1996 NBA draft. You talk about that draft, man. That was just a, a star-studded freaking all-time. Lots of guys in the Hall of Fame from that draft as well, but his back-to-back -back MVPs, I got to be on the floor for one of them. In his 744 games, he averaged 14.4 points, 9.4 assists, and 3.1 rebounds. But obviously he didn't score as much like we see from Devin Booker, but that seven seconds or left, the seven seconds or less Suns team started to change what we see in the NBA nowadays, right? Which transgressed into kind of what happened with Steph Curry, the, the fast pacing, shooting a lot of outside shots. So you can't not see what he was able to do. And Ian, I see what you're talking about when it comes to Steve Nash, but you had him as a coach. We had him as a player. I don't give a fuck what he did as a coach. I just talk about him as a player. Uh, just a superstar. He's obviously the Suns' all-time leader in assists at 6,997 the leader in free throw percentage at 0 0.908. He's on the top 10 list for points as well. So he did score, but he did everything else to bring the Valley back to what we were looking for after we went to the finals in 1993. So I'll take Steve Nash. I love me some Connie Hawkins. If you guys ever want to come up to me outside, just chat about Connie Hawkins. I got some real cool tidbits even about how he was expelled from Iowa. I just, I got the, I got the notes on Connie Hawkins. He was one of the nicest people, not just athletes, but nicest people I've ever met in my life. So shout out to Connie Hawkins, but I'll go with Steve Nash. What, why do I feel like you probably did a book report in high school on Connie Hawkins? Am I wrong? Am I, wrong? I, I did not. I did. Oh, book, okay. I, I did a big report on Michael Jordan where I made like this freaking 
18 by 24 cutout with all these posters and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure I still have it at my parents' old house, but Connie Hawkins will always <laughs> hold uh, a close place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got him right here, man. Where are you? Where's he at? He's yeah, right he here. Got, there he is. There's the hawk. The only bobblehead the Suns produced that might actually look like the <laughs> actual person himself. That's pretty true, man. It's late. I got. I'll show you guys the Mikel Bridges bobblehead maybe later or on the next stream. But Ian, Steve Nash is going to be okay. He's not going to be in shambles because he was picked. I think I think Ian was saying he'd be in shambles if uh, Ewer Tallman didn't pick him and if he was left out out to dry. But Mike, that's pretty solid, man. You got Larry Fitzgerald, Luis Gonzalez, Diana Taurasi, and Steve Nash. So you also, I mean, I guess you have two basketball players, but not from the same team. So you got a well-rounded Mount Rushmore here as well. Tallman, so far you have Randy Johnson, Pat Tillman, and Charles Barkley. Does this mean that you're going to go with Phil Mickelson? Hell yeah. Why did you have to ruin the surprise? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say my final pick, he is left-handed, just like me. He has a crippling gambling addiction, just like me. And, yeah, it is. You ruined it, Chris. No, it's going to be Phil Mickelson. Um, I mean, come on. I mean, he, if you read over some of the stats he had at ASU, it's incredible. I mean, he had three NCAA individual championships, three Haskin awards is the most outstanding collegiate golfer. And he led the Sun Devils helped lead the Sun Devils to NCAA team title in 1990. I mean, come on. He's one of he's the best golf one of the best golfers to ever play the game i know now recently he's soured his name a little bit and some people are a little upset of some of the recent stuff he did but hey you can't you can't deny that he's one of the best players to ever play the game and my dog agrees but he goes on to have 45 wins on the tour and six major titles as long as three masters wins so phil mickelson's gonna finish my team yeah, I think you can't go wrong. I mean, at the end of the day, he is in the World Golf Hall of Fame as well. As well, He was enshrined in 2012. And you guys got to let me know. Do you remember when he won his first major and how big of an event it really was? Ah, man, that's a good question. I Before I make my guess, I just have to say for Phil Mickelson, like I think he could have won so much more had it not been for Tiger Woods. Like he had the unfortunate privilege of having to play with Tiger Woods for a good majority of his career. And as we know, Tiger was the best golfer to ever live on the planet. But Phil Mickelson, the question was when did he win his first major? Um, was it 97? That wasn't the question at all. Oh. It was, do you remember how big of a spectacle it was when he won that first major championship? Because I'm not a golf fan, but I do remember when he was in the lead going into that last day, I think. And it was just freaking hoopla because it was finally, finally Phil's going to get over the hump and get it done. And to have six major championships since then. Yeah, he's, he's a stud, man. Have you got, I think we played on one of the streams, his like um, his challenge that he had when he was doing uh betting on each holes was it with bryson dechambeau or brooks kepka or one of those guys oh yeah i think i remember that yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think it was bryson the guy's a pro's pro man he knows what he's doing out there so 
Good choice, Tommy. We'll take it. I like it, Tommy. Again, another well-rounded list. I feel like we all really covered the bases. You got some golf in there, basketball, women's basketball, football. What more could you ask for? So, Mike, I I think you already know this, but I'm going to give you the task of putting together a nice little graphic of our picks for this Mount Rushmore. And uh, we'll put that up on x.com, maybe our Facebook page as well. Get a poll going up there. Keep it going for a day or two and see what you guys think. You can also let us know here in the comments on YouTube. I know Ian's been giving us hell this whole stream, and I absolutely <laughs> love it. You guys can join Ian anytime when we're live and just give us give us shit. Let us know if we're getting something wrong. Add to the conversation or just have some fun amongst yourselves piggybacking off our conversations. It's what we're here to do. We're to hang out, have some fun, and talk Arizona sports. But, guys, solid Mount Rushmore. I'm just going to run through it one time just so we can uh, have it on the record here. Tallman has Randy Johnson, Pat Tillman, Charles Barkley, and Phil Mickelson. I'm going to win. Hey, I don't know that you're going up against Michael Benjamin, who's got Larry Fitzgerald, Luis Gonzalez, Diana Taurasi, and Steve Nash. Oh, I'm going to win. He might he might just win. But I think, honestly, I think no. I'm going to win because I got Shane Doan, Devin Booker, Paul Goldschmidt, and Kurt Warner. Like that's nice, nice and well-rounded. But I think it's undeniable. Those are the 12 greatest Valley sports athletes of all time. Well done, gentlemen. I had a lot of fun. What's up, Mike? I was going to say, do you guys want to throw out an honorable mention? We're not going to put it on the list of our Mount Rushmore because it's only four. Yeah. Is there anybody else out here that you were teeter-tottering with or that just kind of well, you already had a feeling towards? You kind of already did that with Connie Hawkins, right? Well, I mean, I could go more in depth with Connie Hawkins. If <laughs> no. would like that, me all right. To, yeah, Chris, Chris, pull up his high school stats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I got those high school yeah, stats. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm going to start betting on high school basketball. Um, yeah, I mean, the only other one was Terrell Suggs. I mean, you, you mentioned when we started the 24 sacks in a season. I mean, my God, that's incredible to do in a college football season. Think about that. And then to not even get a single thought mention, not a single vote for the Heisman that year is just crazy. I mean, I mean, you know the defensive guys don't get no love with that award, but it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. But T Suggs, incredible, incredible career at ASU. And that 24 sacks in one season is just unbelievable. Have you guys ever heard my Terrell Suggs story before? I think I think maybe. I might have forgotten it. Really? You haven't heard yeah, it? Yeah, no, I've heard it. He was at a high school basketball game, right? It was when I was playing in middle school, and his cousin was on the seventh grade team, and I was on the eighth grade team. And he had just been drafted to the Baltimore Ravens. And this was back when I was heavy into getting autographs, right? I would go to the Suns games beforehand and stand on the railing, have my sports cards, and get them signed. Well, I remember one game, I was like, well, I have these two rookie cards from he sucks like let me walk up into the stands and see if he'll sign him and he signed him and then i think i got kind of greedy because i was like dad go get me a baltimore ravens mini helmet you know those like kind of small ones that are made for autographs right yeah it's like let's get one of those i'll try and like act like i don't know him exactly just like that and i'll go up into the stands again and see if he'll sign it <laughs> And he caught me red-handed, man. He caught me red-handed. 
He's like, didn't I sign cards for you last week? And I was like, no, Terrell, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. You lied to Terrell Suggs? I lied to him. But he still signed it. So, hey, it all worked out in the end. But, Chris, you got anybody else? Honorable mentions? You know, it's interesting. I think I'm going to go with an honorable mention that wasn't on our list. Is that allowed? Absolutely. And you did mention his name. I mean, guys, Jake Plummer. He was in Arizona from 1993 to 2002 on the Sun Devils and the Cardinals. Had a Rose Bowl appearance. First Arizona Cardinals playoff win ever. Third most passing yards for the Cardinals and ASU. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, Jake the Snake, man. I think there's there's some love for Jake out there. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely top five all-time Cardinals quarterback as well. I think one off the beaten path for me, guys, you probably have heard this story as well. I've told this plenty of times, but Aeneas Williams is another guy. Unless you're really tapped in with the Arizona Cardinals, you don't remember those true, true dog days in the uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. But Aeneas Williams was an absolute superstar at cornerback. I mean, he made the Hall of Fame in 2014, but... September 27th, 1999, I was there for a Monday night football clash against Steve Young and the San Francisco 49ers, and Aeneas Williams knocked Steve Young into retirement that night. I will never forget it. It's a little dark. I know it is. <laughs> but I also, met, I also met Aeneas in person seeing Fantasia 2000 at the IMAX over at, uh, what is it, Fiesta Mall? Arizona Mills. Arizona Mills. Yeah. So those could have been some of my homer picks where I probably wouldn't have, have won, but uh, he's on my secondary Mount Rushmore. How about that? That's pretty good. And that, that's crazy you mentioned. You, so you were at that game where Steve Young got knocked into retirement. You might have also been at the game where Nick Chubb got knocked into retirement. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Nicholas. Oh, man. Like, maybe we just got to keep you away from football head. stadiums. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, luckily that one didn't have many ramifications for back here at home. You know, I hope Nick Chubb uh, gets healthy. I'm sure he'll come back at some capacity. He's still a pretty young guy. Um, but, yeah, man, that was that, those, that's our Mount Rushmore. Mike's going to get that up there. We're going to get that posted across our social medias. You can let us know what you think. Uh, like I mentioned, guys, this is our last live stream of the year. I think I want to take the rest of the stream to just kind of hang out, have some fun. I mean, we're already doing that, basically, but – want to just reminisce a little bit on this this last year. I mean, there's only, what, 11 days left in the year, and then we'll head into 2024 uh, with a bang Tallman's birthday on New Year's Eve. Party! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I don't have – I want to do this a little informally. Oh, I don't have I don't have dates and things in front of me, but let's just kind of start from where our memory goes back and then see see where we go. We can make it quick, too. But I remember I want to I, I first thing that came to mind when it was like thinking about earlier this year, it was the Cardinals finishing their season four and 13 and then firing Cliff Kingsbury, I think the very next day. So it was like the end of one chapter because Steve Kime had already been ousted, I think, a few weeks prior to that. Right. Yeah. Didn't he go on leave right after our Mexico City game? And then it was just kind of like, oh, well, he's not going to be a part of our future anymore. And I remember seeing oh, it's so I hate calling it X, dude. I don't want to call it X. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing it on Twitter where it's like, oh, they've called a press conference with Cliff Kingsbury for the day after the season was finishing up. 
And a lot of people were like, that means that he might be coming back. And I was like, are you shitting me? There's no way this guy can be coming back. But then we got the good news that he was fired and all was right in the world. Yeah, honestly. Tom and Ian wants to know, um, do you know what time you were born? Oh, ha. Um, a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> so my birthday is New Year's Eve, but I was born... 19 minutes into New Year's Eve. So I was born at 1219. So oh, if, okay. she, if I was born 20 minutes earlier, my birthday would be December 30th. That checks. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. So I wasn't I wasn't close at all. I so bar tech, barely made it. Barely barely made it to the 31st. I man, I, do you kind of not to derail a conversation, but while Mike's uh away for a moment here, do you wish that you were born on the 30th so you didn't have to share that birthday with the holiday? Dude, it's the same shit. Don't matter. I mean, 30th, 31st, whatever. But I mean, at least it's an excuse. Yeah, everyone's celebrating your birthday. There's always shit going on. Um, but everyone's always got plans too. And it's it's never always it's it's never only about you, right? Uh, no, it doesn't matter now as an adult. As a kid, it was like I always got Jewed out because Christmas was like six days ago. And, and your parents are always broke and they're like, oh, hey, um, hey. <laughs> everything you got for Christmas is all, also what you got for uh, your birthday. So, uh, so you always got screwed for your birthday, but it it is what it is. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I feel like I guess I do feel bad for you in that regard, but I also feel worse for the people who are born on Christmas. Like imagine being born on December 25th. Like that would be just the worst, but we're, we're not talking about birthdays. The, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Cardinals and the firing of Steve Keim and Cliffs Kingsbury. I think that was just that not only was that huge in 2023, cause it was like an all time low point for where the Cardinals franchise had been at since those two had been in town. But now we have this new, these new guys coming in, in, John Gannon and Monty Austin for it, and they're branding it the dawn of a new era. I get kind of annoyed that the Cardinals have like a slogan or a catchphrase for their season every year. Um, but a uh, dawn of a new era, I mean, I guess sure, sure, but uh, not impressed this year. Don't expect to be impressed next year, but it's it's at least new faces and uh, maybe some reason for optimism. But what is like the what's the next like what what do you I'll, I'll give you guys the floor. Like, I don't have to be the only one. What, what is your another thing you remember from 2023? Well, I mean, we could sit here and obviously just talk about the D-backs and what they did. Um, but focusing on the Cardinals, though, I mean, it was a great growth year, I guess. And you mentioned their slogan. Um, I don't know if you guys ever listened to uh, Dan Bickley, but he'd always call it uh, a, the yawn of a new era. As in, it was so boring. This entire year was just totally boring. It was a growth year, a bridge year. Um I mean, it, it was it, it was good. Okay, we needed it, right? This we're building something new. Uh, we got rid of all this stuff, all the bad stuff, the bad GM, the bad head coach, and we're starting fresh. So, th the only positive you can really spin off of this year, in a sense of football in Arizona, was it, it's a fresh start. We get to start 2024 brand new. It, you don't need to rebuild for five, six years in the NFL. You can totally swing the direction of a franchise in one draft with the draft capital this team has. So it's next year, next year's NFL season. It, it could be intriguing to us. We could be competitive, a lot more competitive than we were this year. So um, it, it was a good year from a culture standpoint uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, you, you can't, 
you can't be too upset about that at the end of the day at where we sit right now. Yawn of a new era. I do. I do like that. <laughs> We've been falling asleep. I mean, Tallman was literally falling asleep during one of the matchups the other week. Which one was that, Tallman? Oh shit, I don't remember. It's all the all the terrible football is just blending together. I think it was like two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> it was the one before the Steelers, I think. Yeah, there you go. Who do we who do we play? See, I already forgot. I it's sit all, there. And that's watch. how memorable this I, season I, I is. Waste, yeah. I, I waste my Sunday watching it, and I don't even remember it. So I do have another, I guess it kind of blends together just because it happened right around the same time. For me, one of the bigger kind of sporting events memories that I had this year was going to the Waste Management Open for the first time, right? Me and Tallman, we were able to go with some work vendors and we got to sit in the 16th. What is What do they call it? The special skybox or whatever? Yeah, it was Skybox on uh, the Par 316. But it was, dude, it was a hell of a time, man. It, it was obviously more so of a party than truly watching golf. But the chance out there, the the snakes, the, the beer snakes that we were seeing out there was hilarious as well. But which rolls into my other item was the Tolman ticket literally just barely missing for the super bowl man like that one pained me because i was going to make about 700 dollars on that i mean let's look at it hurts td kelsey td pacheco over 39.5 rush yards hurts over 34.5 rush yards i think that was um kelsey over 65.5 receiving yards and brown over 59.5 receiving yards when you can get all those legs to hit man you think that it's a no-brainer at the end of the day, but of course we had the Eagles at minus one point five. So we talk about our Super Bowl stream too. Chris was the only one to pick the Chiefs, so I put it on you, Chris. Thanks a lot, my brother. Yeah, why'd you make me relive that? Hey, everyone knows Chris Patrick, big football guy. <laughs> I, I know how to pick him. But no, but that's another, that's also very interesting that the Super Bowl was in Arizona this year. Yeah, yeah. So you had that. It it, it only happened. Well, it only happens when the Super Bowl is in Arizona. But you have, having the waste management open and, or I guess you could say having the PGA Tour and the Super Bowl in town on the same weekend is just absolute chaos. But I love it. That's when I really am excited to be here in the Valley. Um, hopefully, the Cardinals can be in a Super Bowl one day again. That would be awesome. Um, no, those are great points. So we we talked about the Cardinals had the waste management open the Super Bowl. And then a little ways after that, um, the Suns lost in the second round of the playoffs to the Denver Nuggets in six games. I guess maybe I should rewind and then fast forward to the fact that we got Kevin Durant, traded the Twins away. That was huge, in my opinion. The Twins, of course, being Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson is bittersweet, bittersweet to see them go. Really uh, would like to believe that we'll see Mikel Bridges back in a Suns uniform someday. But that's a that's a long road ahead of us. But yeah, man, that that exit against the Denver Nuggets was just real tough, man. Because there were times in that series when it seemed like we were totally in it and we had a chance. And we have a good friend Corey who's a Nuggets fan, and he was he was even as a Nuggets fan being like, "Nah, the Suns are gonna win." And maybe he was just being coy. I don't know. But I did believe there for a little bit that the Suns could beat the Nuggets. But what Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray did to us, man, will forever live rent free in my head. I don't know about you yet. Uh, yeah, it was tough. And it was almost kind of like their parade at getting back at us for when we went to the NBA finals in 2021, right? 
the infamous uh, sweep them in four, sons in four guy. I, I don't see him around very much, <laughs> to be honest with uh, you. Did he get banned from the arena, hopefully? Uh, I don't uh, – probably not. No, they every once in a while. I did see for a long time, for a couple months after, he was kind of making the rounds, almost like a, a Scott Disick kind of thing. Where he's going to like El Jefe, hosting parties, getting some coin from that. But I guess the silver lining is the Suns were the only team out of anybody that was able to scratch two games off during the Nuggets finals run. I mean, Nikola Jokic was playing at an absolute MVP caliber level, probably because he got you know, the short end of the stick when it comes down to Joel Embiid pick, getting picked for the MVP last year. We know how the NBA, the NBA doesn't like to pick guys for over two times, right? But, I mean, we saw how it all went down at the end in that game six as well, which caused the sweeping changes with Monty Williams getting fired, DeAndre Ayton basically kind of getting forced out of town as well. So, that was a tough one because it's led to where the Suns are right now, which uh, if we look off of last night is we're fucking struggling, man. Dude, losing to uh, – man, just to talk about that for a second. Losing to Portland in Portland with as bad as they are and as good as we're supposed to be, what the fuck, man? That is just – I admittedly uh, was sleeping when that game was finishing up last night. I passed out a little early, but – when I woke up and saw that they had lost, that was unbelievable to me. Um, ah, come on, man. Like the, the Suns are struggling right now without a doubt. But to kind of rewind again a little bit, talk about that exit, Monty Williams going. I mean, the snowball effect of uh, DeAndre Ayton also going, Chris Paul going. Like this is a whole new roster, and it caused a whole shakeup. And that's crazy that we, we were talking about the Cardinals shakeup, the Suns shakeup. Uh, the, the Diamondbacks are really the only team kind of sitting down packed. And, and sticking to their guns. Now they did make some new additions, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's funny because I do want to talk about, you mentioned Monty Williams there getting fired. Now, the I think what the highest paid head coach for the Detroit Pistons and they fucking suck, man. They have done nothing but lose this season. And uh, it's funny because I'm starting to hear some of the same stories out of Detroit where it's like Monty kind of has his favorite guys, the guys he trusts and not necessarily the best athletes or the best basketball players. And like, Oh, it makes some questionable call like timeout decisions and rotation decisions. And it almost makes me say like good riddance that we don't have Monty Williams anymore. But on the, on the other hand, I'm not sold on Frank Vogel. Like he has to be at least part of the reason why, why we're in the situation we're in right now. And he's supposed to be this big defensive head coach but yet that's the sun's biggest weakness right now is we just, we don't play defense. And I don't know, are we going to try and be like the Indiana Pacers and just outscore every team we play? I mean, I think we have, we think that we have that kind of firepower, especially for the two games, our big three are going to be healthy this season. They, they, those guys are supposed to be putting pouring in points left and right, but just seeing the lack of effort on defense has been massively disappointing. And I guess, you know, that's an, it is in 2023. We're still in 2023 talking about the team exit last year and their struggles so far this year. Hopefully they can turn it around in 2024, but yeah, that's huge, man. That's absolutely huge. Tom, what's another big uh, sports moment in 2023 that you thought was, uh, was great. Well, after the Suns got booted out of the playoffs, I think the next 
really, really big thing was our Arizona Diamondbacks making a run for the World Series. Am I right? Is there? Am I missing something? No, that's it. But I figured we wouldn't focus on it too much since we got the Heat Check podcast <laughs> coming out on Friday, and that's what oh, we really go yeah. right. Yeah, good point. Right. Good point. That's right. Uh, I don't know, man. Help me out. Come on. Uh, yeah, put, I mean, put me on the spot. I'm drawing a blank. Trying to trying to think, man. Like it's been a it's been a kind of a lull. I don't want to say it's been a lull year for Valley Sports, but like we mentioned, like the the Suns shakeup, I think got a lot of attention. Their whole off season. What you got, Mike? I was gonna say, what about? the city of Tempe not voting in favor of the Coyotes new arena, right? Which has kind of put them into a state of uh, just tumultuous turning to spine somewhere at this point. Right. But it sounds like we're gaining headway to somewhere else, but I feel like we're still on borrowed time with the Arizona Coyotes, if they're going to stay here. And it's like, we got to get this done within the next, three to six months or else the NHL should really try and pivot to find a new home for the coyotes. Cause you can't have another three to five seasons in mullet arena where you're only packing in 5,000 fans. Right. Right. Yeah. And I can't imagine that the NHL is going to let that go on for an extended period of time. They want the 15, 20, 30,000 man arena so they can get a little taste of that moolah and the, the good camera angles of the full stadium and selling the product. Cause it's not just about the Arizona coyotes, right? It's about the NHL as a whole. And um, yeah, it's, I keep every, it seems like every other week there's a new story about, Oh, coyotes are looking at land on this site and Oh, maybe North Phoenix, maybe East Mesa. We really don't know. I think a great spot for it would be down in South Chandler by that new casino. That's just me. Yeah, that'd be a good spot. I think the last one that came out was weren't they looking in North Scottsdale? It, it was it was some more Indian land, um, but I think that was one. But regardless of where it goes, we can be biased because we're East Valley, so it would be nice to have you know them close to us because no one's well. Okay, let me speak for myself. I'm not driving to Glendale an hour and a half through the city to go to a hockey game on a Tuesday night, but. Uh, at least they're coming out and they're saying they're not leaving. So they're not fucking leaving. We're so not fucking they're going to do what they can to, to find some type of deal. And um, they're going to have to do it on their own without uh, taxpayer help. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like they, there is a lot of hope for them to stay here. I mean, for internally, like you said, in the organization and from the fan base as well. I think last the last thing that really comes to mind for me, um, I don't think any of you mentioned it, but the, the Pac-12 dissolving basically um the the sun devils the wildcats they are no longer going to be in the pac-12 but they're going to the big 12 now next season so this will be a, a big story for next year as well but i'm really i just i'm disappointed so much i'm not excited i don't like it i think the pac-12 the conference of champions it's just frustrating right because it's a it's a lack of leadership it's it's a utter lack of just ability to run an organization and something that should be easy right we were talking about a power five conference how can you not get a tv deal that's worth a shit why are you looking at streaming options with apple tv why do you have the pac-12 network only on dish network or whatever the fuck it was like all every single move they've made for like the past five years maybe more 
has just been an utter disaster and a shit show. Like it's just, it's mind boggling to me. And I think that's, that's something we're going to look back on and be like, man, the PAC 12 dissolving in, in 2023 was maybe the biggest thing to happen that year in sports. I also think back to when we did our bracket for the top moments of the year and Matt was basically saying how it was something that we had seen the writing on the wall for, for a long time. The dis- the most disappointing thing about that is if these other leaders in the room with the PAC 12 saw the writing on the wall, where the hell was anybody at to step up to the plate and say, Hey, we can't keep going down this road or else it's not going to work out for us. We're going to have to find different avenues to find success for our universities and institutions because obviously money speaks at the end of the day, but for a West coast dominated school conference to not be able to stick it out and figure out a way to still take advantage of PAC 12 after dark or all of these other just different avenues that you find yourself in within, you know, this part of the 21st century is is just absolutely disgusting at the end of the day. So I am upset and sad about it, but you guys know my thoughts on college sports kind of at the end of the day. So for me, it's just kind of like good riddance. Like I don't even care. Let's go on to the next thing. Maybe I'll get invested there. Will it happen? Probably not. But it's just like just kind of speaks to the ineptitude that continues throughout college sports, especially what we're seeing with these NIL deals and how it's absolutely fucking up college football in general. Did you guys see Chip Kelly going on his little rant the other day about how he thought kind of college football should be its own entity away from the NCAA, just have it be its own thing? I mean, that's it's not half bad of an idea, but it, for for one item to be screwing up everything that's been working for others, like cross country, swimming, and all those kind of people, now they got to fly out to Virginia. Like, it's a mess, man. It's going to take some time to really get through and find the proper way that these kids can still go to school and still be athletes properly. So I hope it works out. But yeah, I'm I'm in the good riddance point. Yeah, no, I, that's a great point. I haven't seen that Chip Kelly rant, but that I, I honestly don't think that's a terrible idea to, to have basketball and football being the decision makers for every single sport at a school. And and that was one of the biggest things coming out of that is how is the swim team, how is the track and field team going to deal with that travel when, let's be honest, they're not as heavily funded as the other programs, not even close. And that goes without saying, like everybody knows that. And so that's tough. But another point you made, Mike, that I kind of want to piggyback off of is you're absolutely right. Like, I can't say that I really care if ASU plays Oregon or Oregon State or Stanford every year. I really don't. I I care if they play U of A. And those two guys, those two teams are sticking together. So we're still going to get to see U of A every single year as far as football and basketball go. So that's that's fine with me. You're right in that regard. But it is it is interesting when you start considering how those other, you know, sports programs at the school are going to work. Tom, and I don't know if you had any thoughts on the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, it's sad. I mean, all the history that's in the Pac-12, I mean, it's been around for, it's got, you know, history going back over 100 years. I mean, it's sad to see it all go away just because of some money-hungry people, man. And you mentioned 
you know, looking back on 2023 and saying, oh, no, we, you know, we witnessed the demise of the Pac-12. It's like, shit, we might have watched college football die right in front of our eyes. You know, it's unfortunate. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm with you, though. It, it's sad, but I'm with you that um, U of A is coming with us, us being ASU. And, you know, because when I think about college football, I think about tradition. And that's one of the biggest traditions from a football standpoint when you think about ASU football. So that's that's great to keep that intact rather than having some bullshit tradition where you play a team in a different conference, which I think that exists um, somewhere in Florida. I, I don't remember the teams, uh, but it's unfortunate. But, hey, I'm kind of open to it, though, because at least we don't got to get our ass kicked by four top ten teams every year. Um so we're going to, we might be able to be a little more competitive in the big 12. Um, and I mean, there's, there's some players there definitely in basketball, but um, if we can get this thing right, uh, if Dillingham can get it turned around. I mean, I can see us be a little competitive over there. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. Let me fucking speak. I'm interested in the, <laughs> the, the competition and the change and not having to play powerhouse Oregon and Washington who have been powerhouses the last couple of years. Yeah, no, and you're, you're absolutely right. Like, change isn't always a bad thing. Change is often often can be a good thing. Uh, so I think we'll just have to give it time, see how it goes. I, I think you're absolutely right, though. We've seen college football change right before our eyes, whether it's these realignments that have been happening all across the country, all across the conferences, as well as the NIL deals and how those have really begun to show how they impact how these players move. The transfer portal, there's just so many things changing in college football. It's It's hard as a casual fan to wrap your head around it. But guys, we said this is our last live stream of 2023. Doesn't mean it's our last bit of content coming out. We're still going to have our in-person heat check podcast coming out this Friday, the 22nd. And then uh, I think we'll have a Cardinals recap before the end of the year as well. Maybe even a Suns recap. Am I wrong on the timeline there? I think so. As long as everything works out according to plan, but we never know. Yeah. So some people take the holidays off. Not Valley Sports Plug. We want to make sure you got plenty to keep you entertained on those long car rides or late nights with the family. Maybe you don't like what Uncle Joe is saying at the dinner table, so you just have to step away and watch some Valley Sports Plug for a little bit. Get your mind off the heated heated debates that might be happening in the kitchen, <laughs> the dining room. Uh, but guys, I think I'm about ready to get out of here. Um, it's It's been a lot of fun, but I want to know if you guys have any final thoughts on 2023 as a whole or uh, the Valley in general. Mike, I'll give you the floor first. Uh, it's been a great year, man. It's been a lot of fun. I, I'll give a shout out to you guys too. You're, we're we're looking at two new married men as well. I mean, you guys aren't even shouting yourselves out. So I I appreciate you guys letting me let me be a part of your big days. It was a lot of fun. We got some new animals in the family as well. Shout out Piper and my guy Raider. He's a crazy one, but it's been a fun year. Excited to see what happens in 2024. So. Keep rolling with this, baby. Thank you, Mike. That was that was very sweet. Tallman, of course, yeah, Piper is your coming. Piper is your dog. This is my dog, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what are your, just what are your closing just, thoughts here? Yeah. Just piggybacking off Mike. That was very kind of you. And thank you, Chris, as well, for letting me be a part of your big day. I'm gonna cry now. Uh, but I I love that the that Mike, you waited the last stream of the year to bring up Scott Disick in a stream. Um, when I was dying, I was like, did he just say fucking Scott Disick? You I obviously didn't catch right. that. Oh my man. God. Oh, all right. Well, 
other than that, it's, it's been a great year. A lot of shit has happened personally, professionally, Arizona sports wise. And it's been great. And, you know, honestly, I can't wait for, uh, see what happens next year, 2024, a little Arizona D backs, little Cardinals draft, see how the suns can implode again in the playoffs. So it's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, you guys really said it all. I can't really say too much more. It's like, just as it is being a Valley sports fan, as is life, you have to take the good with the bad. It's been a roller coaster year, but more, I think more positives than negatives. I'm just so grateful for you two, Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman. Since we relaunched this at the end of 2021, Jesus, has it been that long? It's just grown and grown and grown. And we've added more to your plate and having Mike editing all the videos or at least 95% of them can't be more grateful for him. He's doing a great job. Make sure y'all give him a ton of love in the, in the comments. Tallman showing up every once in a while for a stream, always making it out for the in-person. <laughs> Tallman showing up big time. Don't let him drag you down, T-Man. It's okay. That's okay. I think... I think Tallman's made almost every single uh, Cardinals recap this season, and he is on most of the live stream. So I won't give him too much shit. I love to twist his arm. But also, uh, like these guys said, a lot of love for for you guys tuning in, whether you're watching live or on the playback, riding with us, helping us grow. We want to make this the best possible experience for you guys, something that is truly entertaining for your car rides, your workouts, your when you're at work, or just when you're at home chilling. We love to talk Valley sports, and that's why we did this, because we want to talk Valley sports, and we just love the shit. So I can't say enough. I'm at a loss for words. I'm just mumbling here. So I think it's time to sign off. This was the Heat Check Podcast Live. I'm Chris Patrick for Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman. We'll see you next year, guys. Peace.